0: Hey everyone, it's Shauna. Before we jump into this week's episode with my dear friend Ariel, oh, it's a good one. It is juicy and filled with so much love, wisdom, and truth. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. Um, but I want to tell you, it, there's some things happening with Bomb Booty. So if you are local to the San Luis Obispo area, we are launching classes in San Luis In March, starting on March 8th, we're doing a month-long series on Wednesday nights. Um, We're doing a combo, Bomb Booty, which is a dance party workout, super fun, bootylicious. Plus, we're doing some hip-hop heels choreo, Um, and there will be a performance opportunity, well, multiple performance opportunities. And anyway, to get all the info, head over to the website, bombbooty.com, B-O-M-B-O-O-T-Y, I also want to let you know if you're listening from afar, I do live stream a couple of my classes. So all the info is on the website for that. Um, you can join us virtually by donation and get your work on at home. Work on. Work out on at home. <laughs> and then finally, we, have, we are recruiting for Bomb Booty instructors. So if you're out there and you've been resonating with what I'm putting out there, um, with with movement and medicine uh, being medicine, and wanting a, a little venture, and this is sounding enticing. There's a ton of information on the website again. That's bombooty.com. We're kicking off the next training officially April fifteenth, but as soon as you um, as soon as you purchase it, you actually have access to the entire online portal, and you can get cracking and in learning. How to teach this class and growing your Bombutti community. So, um, so that's that. Okay, that's all the commercial I have for today. And I hope you thoroughly again enjoy this interview. And please share it if um, if you find value and you know somebody in your life that might enjoy it as well. I would super appreciate it. All right, let's go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Calling It In podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Mox, and let's get into it. Welcome back to Calling It In, the podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Mox, and today we have somebody that I adore, that I've been following for a long time, that we've been kind of orbiting around each other for a long time. And I really, um, I I see you as somebody who's, you know, part of the same mission. I'm like, yes, she's doing the thing. So this is Arielle Brown and she is a love, sex and authenticity coach for leaders, vision and visionaries committed to creating a more beautiful world. I'm so here for it. So Arielle, thank you for being here.
1: (laughs) Pleasure to be here. And I feel that from you, (laughs) that you are here for it.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Very cool. So I I mean I'm I am excited for this interview for the people listening. I'm excited personally because I know that over the last few years you've had a lot of big changes and a lot of growth. And you know, witnessing you blossom as a thought leader on the online space has been so cool. Like everything you post, I'm like, I can't wait to read your book. Uh what else you get going on? (laughs) I just realized you have a newsletter on your website which is at arielbrown.com for anybody out there who's just ready to jump in. Um, So I'm excited for that uh, as I just added my name to the list. I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) love it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, you know, who you are, how you got started in the like coaching transformational space and yeah, let it rip you have the mic. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, it's funny. I've told this story in so many different ways for podcasts. Um, so I'll tell it through the lens of what's coming up in my work and just what feels very alive right now. Um, I feel like ultimately I got into the work that I do, um, as a result of a deep fear of being who I really am Mm. in, in my relationships Um, I would say really more than anything in um, intimate and romantic and sexual relationship. Um, I've always felt really powerful in a lot of locations. And I remember this thing got me when I was 25. Um, I moved out to California from the East Coast when I was maybe 22 and got myself into all sorts of very unique romantic sexual situations that really brought me to the edges of um, my own darkness um, of like really stepping into doing things like saying yes to things that were very outside of my truth and Mm. some bad things could have happened and around 25, after I had extricated myself from the brunt of these kind of like deeply dysfunctional and traumatic and dramatic relationships that I thought were special because of how intense they were. Mm -hmm. um, I got to this place of like realizing like, wow, there's something that's been like rejecting and abandoning myself on a very core level that's allowing me to be a match for these relationships where I would, you know, allow these men to convince me that I they knew better about me than I knew about myself, mm. and getting out of any type of victim, persecutor, rescuer, trauma triangle dealio um, it was just like wow, um, I can really abandon myself in relationships and. I'm also not willing to stop being in and stop moving towards deep and meaningful intimacy and romantic relationship and intimate relationships. So I'm going to need to figure out how to be able to do both mm-hmm. because I don't want to live without intimacy in my life. And I also don't want intimacy to mean self-abandonment. Mm. Um, And you know, the more that I got into the work that I'm doing, like the common thread. And again, what's coming so much now is just, there's this place, like, I feel like humanity is, we're on this precipice of awakening to a new level of consciousness and people are at different levels of realizing like, oh, we're not just victims of our circumstances. We don't just have to be a yes to what's happening and feel like we don't have choice or power. There's actually a new reality that we can create simply through our consciousness and what we choose to believe and focus our attention on. And that's not just changing the big things. That's also changing all the little things of What our life is, who's in our life, like the work that we do, are we fulfilled in our life? Um, And there's this shift that I've found is pretty much um, you can't avoid it. And it requires us each to meet like the very deep heartbreaking place where we've been abandoning ourselves on like a fundamental level Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Um, and that's a very sad, and it can also be a very dark place of meeting the self because often we can feel so victimized or want to point our fingers outside of us at who's done us wrong, Mm -hmm. and then we realize that you know, not that we deserved whatever happened to us when we were younger, but oh, wow, like there's been this fundamental way that I've been doing me wrong for like a very long time. Um, And I want to figure out how to do it differently. And it's also really intense to be with this. Yeah. Um, And I feel like a lot of the work that I'm doing is about holding space for people to truly meet themselves in approval Mm. of who they are and learn how to create that space for themselves to not collapse in. Yes. When we fear losing love or like validation outside of us, like how do we actually stay expansive and resourced in the moments where we fear we're going to lose something outside of us because it's those moments that actually define our destiny in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like the, the, that risk of losing belonging, you know, it's, it's such a primal need, just like food and water. And so it's understandable why we do certain things, especially when, when we're, you know, earlier on in our journey or less mature, less experienced to know that belonging is an inner game at the root of it. Right.
1: And that it's not an either or either. Mm -hmm. Like that's another thing that mainstream culture likes to push is that there's a right or a wrong. There's a black or a white. And as long as you're on the right side, you're good. But the challenge is we mainly find truth in the place of paradox Mm -hmm. and where it's a yes end. So like, it's really important to me for me to be able to self-resource and to be able to hold space for myself, but not at the expense of pushing connection away yeah. outside of me. Like I actually need That's part other part of people.
0: Yeah, it's part of the resourcing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can see that in in culture and and the you know the mainstream conversations that are the that polarization that it's this way or that way or you're on this side or that side and i'm like what there's so much nuance here i you know i'm i'm really looking forward to the end of cancel culture which i i don't know it's like accountability sure but can we actually have a pathway to reckoning can we have a pathway to learning and expanding and growing and and can we have these, can we actually have the conversations before just shutting down because somebody said something that's now a hot button word or topic, you know? So I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping that, you know, I think it's happening on an interpersonal level. I think the conversations are happening in relationship and it's when, it's when we're outside of relationships. So trolls on social media or, you know, behind the protection of our screens where we dehumanize people and, you know, we can, we can get so polarizing. Um, yeah. I'd, l- I'd actually love to hear any, anything that's coming yeah. up for you around that part. Cause I know it's, it's in our, all of our spaces, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you said, I look forward to the end of cancel culture, I like my, my, my the thing that came up was like, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. Um and what I would say is that there's multiple realities that are simultaneously existing in any moment. Like for example, I personally don't resonate with cancel culture. I feel like people actually get addicted to reactivity as a mm-hmm. way to avoid taking personal responsibility and being in the discomfort of having radically different opinions from someone and realizing we can be connected regardless. Yes. yes. Um, and you know, I thank a mentor of mine, her name is Melanie Ann Lair, and she's you know created a large social media following. And one of the things she talks about is, you know, when people comment on your posts in a way that's super reactive it's like okay are you going to meet that reactivity and defensiveness or are you going to be the type of person who when you randomly run into this person a year down the road will you be able to look at them in the eyes you know in integrity with what you said
0: mm.
1: and ultimately that's the type of person that I want to (laughs) be, and you know, last some two summers ago, when the vaccine mandates were getting like super heated, just between sharing my personal opinion on the vaccines, and also likening what was happening to what built up to Auschwitz and the Holocaust, um, I got some really intense really intense feedback no doubt (laughs) and like i just remember like this one exchange with this one man who was reaching out like like expressing angrily at me and he didn't know that i was jewish like i my name's ariel brown people don't necessarily recognize that i'm jewish and like rather than reacting at him I chose to like meet him with love and have a conversation with him and there's connection between us now. Um, you know, and it, I'm I'm thinking of this meme that I shared on Facebook a couple of days ago of like, people want to sit in ayahuasca but they don't want to do the dishes
0: and to (laughs) me
1: like a form of the dishes is like looking at where like we want to be more defensive of our rightness than being a part of like shifting from like reactivity to connection yeah which is ultimately what we need and that's going to involve a series of Uncomfortable conversations. Yep.
0: hmm
1: But what's available on that other side? I mean, it's the it's the same thing for like conversations of race. I've been having a couple of like live video conversations with this man, Aaron Johnson, who works specifically with black men on the impact of being chronically undertouched and the impact of mm. the black root archetype in Mm -hmm. culture. And it's just like, I mean, the whole portal of like spiritual communities being white dominated and the level of discomfort that white spiritual people need to learn to sit in to receive the impact of how these spaces aren't necessarily welcoming to black people and to receive it without crippling into shame like this is another spot and this is why the tantric path and working with sexuality is so resonant with me because shame is probably like the source of the majority of like distortion and violence in the world in a lot of ways
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. And so, and yeah, it's, you know, one thing that I, you know, speaking of connection, one thing that I kind of came to a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, connection is the root of all healing. No wonder, no wonder that this dance practice that I've been doing for years and years now was the thing that led to all the healing of my stuff with my body because I was spending time in connection. So if we're so uncomfortable that we can't be in connection with others on these topics, how are we going to heal? Yeah, it's just it leads to more fracturing. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep, yeah, you know, and I you know, I love that, you know, your your dance stuff is really focused on the booty shaking. And I I remember I was at some event where there was like a lot of twerking involved and Um, I remember even having this conversation with girlfriends in the car of like, I mean that to me, like twerking and the movement of that is of African orange origins from what I understand. And to me, it's like, Oh, it would make so much sense that this was like a cathartic mechanism to like release the trauma. Yes. Like release the trauma of like the rape and the violation and slavery and just so much like. Is it's fucked. And like, this is, this is the spot that's like, it's the unsexy spot of like, people want to get, like, I had this whole resistance to just owning an aspect of the work that I do is sexuality, because to me, most people don't even understand what sexuality is. Like sexuality yeah. is not just about A penis or some phallic object going in a vagina or an anus like it's Mm -hmm. so much more than that and there's this way that sexuality has actually become fetishized Mm -hmm. and sexualized like it's it's so much more about our ability to fully be in our body as human and be able to relate to the world around us from a place of knowing our value knowing our worth being connected to our discernment. So we can actually with full embodied consent, like choose what we receive and what we reject. But we've got, you know, similar to we've got a culture walking around carrying so much unfelt grief Mm-hmm. And like the grief portal is going to basically be essential for anyone who wants to actually get to the other side of victim consciousness to what I would call creator consciousness. Yeah. The other piece is that like, I I'm even just going to say hundred percent of humans are walking around with some level of mild to extreme trauma. Yes. Of, And trauma doesn't need to be rape here. It doesn't need to be any intense experience of sexual abuse. It's the experience of living in a world that's learned to result to violence as a way to make decisions. Living in a world that is teaching sex that's not connected to the heart. And that, for example, most women aren't actually fully ready to receive when they're being penetrated. So most women are learning to just desensitize themselves and not speak because they haven't even been shown that there is an alternative and just the experience of like the learning curve of conscious embodied parenting, which I'm not a parent. Mm -hmm. I know you're a parent. I'm connected with some amazing people who teach embodied parenting of like, the arc of so many children, now adults, having the experience of on some level being taught by their parents that they're not enough. They're too much. You need to be quiet. You need to be this way in order to receive not just love, but safety.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we're not aware of how that blueprint of just carrying the belief of like, there's something wrong with who I am Mm. and my primary caregivers need me to be slightly different, to be lovable. And I'm also being told by society that I need to look a certain way or act a certain way in order to belong and be accepted. That's a recipe for disembodiment. And when disembodiment happens, trauma is inevitable.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yep. And we're here. Yes. Yeah. I I've said before that twerking is the movement that will heal humanity. And I'm not joking about that. You know, I, you know, I fell in love with twerking because it was fun and it felt good. And then what unfolded in my, path was that right there that it's an extremely powerful way to release trauma and emotions and I you know I warn people in class I'm like listen we're gonna shake ass we're gonna giggle we're gonna jiggle it's gonna be all great we're gonna lay down at the end of class and have have a little time to ourselves and and time to reflect and you may have this experience where You just had this great ass time and now you feel like extreme rage or you feel extreme sadness and it's a totally normal experience. You literally are shaking up these things that you have chosen not to, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of us are in survival mode. A lot of us, it's uncomfortable to be with our shit. So a lot of us are like, (laughs) no, we're going to just stuff that away. It doesn't go anywhere. It goes into our bodies. And a lot of times it goes into our hips and our, our root chakra and our, you know, sacral chakra and, and all, and the chakras that we're working on and shaking our butt. And I tell them too, I'm like, the only thing that you have to do to get the healing is be with it because the healing is already happening. You just have to not stuff it back down. (laughs) And, and I, I do believe if all of us were shaking more ass, the world would look a way different. Yep.
1: Yep. And this is where I want to bring in a bit of a conversation around dynamics between men and women, Mm -hmm. um, knew how to genuinely trust each other Mm -hmm. and hold space for each other. This, this world would be a very different place.
0: Yeah. And, um, you
1: know, it's like, I would imagine, so I'm, I would imagine that probably most of your classes are, are predominantly women. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this way that society has been set up where this type of work can be more conducive and accessible to women, not because it's not available to men, but because the conditioning around it not being manly for a man to put himself in circumstances that invite vulnerability and that type of movement. Yes. It's, it's, there's so much counter conditioning to it. And, you know, I just had a a session with a male client today and, you know, basically what we were going into is the places where he doesn't feel safe to bring his desires fully into his intimate and sexual relationship with his partner now this isn't just a man issue it's not just a woman issue it's a human issue um but there's way more conversation out there around women feeling safe to bring their truths to men and men being able to hold space for that what's not talked about a lot is the inner healing and resourcing that we as women need to do so that we can actually hold space for our men's vulnerability Mm. for them, for them not to do it perfectly and to do enough work around, um, the places where we haven't felt safe with men in the past. And we have a low tolerance for anything other than us feeling perfect and safe with how they're, coming towards us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like one of the things I'll, I'll talk about in kind of masculine and feminine polarity dynamics, which is not men and women, but it's the places where when we, as women don't have a strong integrated masculine polarity, and we'll actually want the man that we're interacting with to be The masculine pull, which is always creating the sense of safety, Mm. which is actually requiring our men to be perfect Mm. all the time because we're basing our safety off of how they meet us. Mm. Now, this is not me talking about, oh, we should tolerate emotional, physical, sexual abuse from men, but... A big part of our work as women is really devoting ourselves to this deeper healing, deeper embodiment work around where we're just walking around, just not feeling safe at all. Mm. And what does it look like to create a deep sense of safety in ourselves so that we can actually hold space for men bringing more of their femininity more of their vulnerability forward and it's such a dance Mm -hmm. and there's again like I imagine that (laughs) there could be some reactivity to the statement that I just made because of the way that women are associated with being the victim Mm -hmm. in culture and (sighs) There's both such deep self-compassion and such deep self-responsibility that are needed so that I can feel everything that I'm feeling and hold myself in it and do my best to meet situations in my life in a way that invites connection as opposed to playing out my wounding in a way that just creates more separation
0: yeah Mm. yeah
1: and I'm speaking not as a woman who thinks that I have eradicated myself of (laughs) any of this from my system but just like it's the deeper layers yeah it's like the deeper layers that like uh you know we don't really want to talk about but it's there and it winds up being the elephant in the room.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's lots of things that are popping up over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you know, my man and I were coming up on a year and, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to like air our dirty laundry out or anything, but there are, I mean, it just in relationship, it's gonna bring up all your shit. It's gonna bring up all your wounding. And I, you know, I've definitely came to the table in process around a lot of it. And so and and because I I've been in this work for a long time, I you know, I am practiced at being like, okay, something's happening. And let's see, let's actually like I've I've actually been practicing a lot more um uh proactivity versus reactivity in, I guess that's what you would call it, but like, I'll I'll have an, I'll have an experience and not to bypass that experience, but I'll sit with that experience to really kind of do my first little like sift through of, of, can I distinguish what's going on? And, and then I bring it to him, you know, I don't have to have it all figured out before bringing it to him but it's, it's definitely makes it, it's, it's a, it's a very active practice for me because I'm, I'm also somebody that's like, let's just talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, figure it out and get to the other side already. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was, I actually was in a little coaching group this morning and I was just telling them that, that there's this some stuff in my space about it. And, and as I, and one of my, my things was like, I was like, man, I just wish we could have the conversation. But then the way we have the conversation brings all this other stuff. And as I was saying all that, and I was like, oh, that's the whole point, actually. It's like everything, everything that comes up, even in like, you know, the in the meta layers that we're talking about, I'm like, oh, that's all stuff that, you know, now there's opportunity to address and heal and shift that part, those parts, too. Right. Like of how we're engaging. Mm. and um and i'm really i'm really resonating with um you know that swing of you know I, I certainly do feel like in my um young adulthood and even into my 30s many times abandoning myself in intimate relationships and intimate situations and so getting to this place of like no i'm not going to do that anymore but Now, uh, like the thing that's opening up for me in this conversation right now is like, okay, how can we carry that trust that I'm not going to self-abandon? Or if I do, I know what to do and that like, you know, we have facility with this and we're growing and we're in process, but also do it in a way where I'm not so hard on my man and that like he's actually allowed to have his process as well and and really that's that's the like I guess where you would say like the rubber meets the road is learning to do that process and do that dance with each other Mm. Uh,
1: mm. first I really just want to thank you for being willing to be vulnerable there because to me that's leadership Mm. it's is, you know, it's you're you're a powerful woman, right? You're, you're powerful in so many areas of your life. And one of the things that I know popped up and pops up for me, and I know is like, it's like getting into the minds of like, what's going on and the people that you want to serve. And I know one of the main things is like, you're judging yourself because you feel like you should know better with all the work that you've done.
0: Yes. Oh, I fall into that trap all the time. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's a thing. And what I've really gotten to, I just wrote a post about this today that like sexuality is a different game. Mm. The, the energy, like the, because of what sexuality is and how like deep it goes into our core essence. Um, I was talking on a show yesterday about like how desire and attraction and sexuality. It's like all these things raise heat Mm. in the body. And there's also so much cultural wounding, so much Mm. individual wounding, so much taboo around sexuality. It's like, it's so much heat, so much sensation, so much life force energy to work with. And when I'm talking about trauma, one of the things that I teach is that there is like a certain level of sensation, like there's a threshold sensation that we tend to be able to handle in the body. But then when we reach that threshold, now the sensation could be pain, but the sensation can also be pleasure, mm. right? So the tripwire can also occur when we're in sexuality and the sensation in a sexual experience, and it's like we're we're learning how to hold higher degrees of sensation in the body in a way where we see we can still stay rooted mm-hmm. in our inner guidance system which also actually expands our capacity to embody and channel more spiritual energy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and more spiritual power like we're learning how to ground divinity into our bodies uh, but it's a lot of energy yeah and we got to learn how to stay, Connected <laughs> to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and self-judgment is one of like, like it makes me think of when my dad was teaching me to ride a two wheel bike when I was like seven or eight
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: would be pushing me and I'd be on the track. And then when he let go, I'd be moving so fast and I get so scared that I'd like let go of the handlebars. <laughs> It's just like, Ariel. what do you think is going to happen if you let go of the handlebars? (laughs) (laughs) And there's this way that when sensation gets high, we let go of the handlebars. Yeah, that's a great metaphor.
0: Fire ourselves. That's a great metaphor. Yeah, I mean, I, um, the, so the, the two experiences that I've had of well the nice way to put it would be spiritual awakening. The the real way to put it is I had a spiritual psychosis, lightning bolt, kundalini sickness, shaman sickness, you know, for me that framework resonates a lot more. Um, but I I and that makes sense to to think of it through like my body my nervous system not being able to handle the heat that was coming through on all those levels like i i was like oh yeah that was my soul or brain or whatever letting go of the handlebars for this for for that energy that was that was coming through and i also believe that um well i'll say i'll say this <clears throat> I've talked about my experiences with many people and something that I hear over and over is wow I've I've known um a few powerful healers in my life and all of them have a story like that. And so I do I I don't believe it's an accident that I've had these experiences. Like I think there's a you know a I believe that I'm I'm meant to figure out the expansion that can be with a lot of spiritual energy a lot of kundalini energy all and all of that and like i wasn't ready when it came through you know so um you know and and i know you're you're in these spaces of like spiritual growth and spiritual development and obviously you, you work with like sexual sexual releases and I'm assuming kundalini is a part of all of that um and I guess I would I my question is like for me I I now I can I can tell when I'm like on the ride and and the energy is ramping up and I know what to do now and I I I know that I'm like, okay, I need to slow down. I need to prioritize sleep. Um, And I, I've i just like, my whole system is different. I it, it feels like I got a whole different operating system where I'm like, I'm not, I'm no longer interested in writing just on adrenaline for creation. And I like the last two years, I'm like, I've been in this learning process of okay, well, if not adrenaline, then what, (laughs) but I would love to just hear anything that, that you hear reflection wise, or, you know, I, I know that people who are listening or, and people who are in my orbit are also powerful healers and spiritually connected. And, you know, it can, it can get hot out there. (laughs) Yep.
1: Oh, it's a deep one. Um,
0: And yeah, again,
1: I remember, I feel like I remember like what you were speaking to of your spiritual awakening, spiritual psychosis that happened. I don't even know if it was a few years ago, but I feel like there was a a degree to which you were kind of sharing about what was going on. And I just remember being like, wow, super fucking powerful, Mm. like super courageous and um, very taboo in the, especially, you know, in the coach, all the world of like, you're supposed to look a certain way, Mm -hmm. like to, to allow yourself to be witnessed in that. I just remember that was like one of the marking points of like, oh shit, like this woman is really willing.
0: Mm. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Like really powerful. Um, and there's a couple things that I would add, um, about kind of my perspective on like <laughs> the spiritual junkie, so to speak, <laughs> and also kind of what I'm experiencing through my own tantric practice, mm-hmm. um, with my tantra teacher and like the, the wild paradox. Um, so the, the example that I used on a panel yesterday was, Um, it's like the places where we're so as the energy is building and we just want to get where it feels like we're going faster and faster Mm -hmm. that we actually check out and disconnect from ourselves and who we're connecting with in the process of getting there. Like the example that I used when the man in a sexual experience is like shifting into like his primal fucking energy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right. That's great. That's a powerful energy. And can you be connected to that primal fucking energy while being connected and attuned to the person you're fucking? Yes. Because that's the heart sex connection right now, right there. That's, that's the both end this like a big, a big principle that I work with is the principle um, of pleasure and integrity that we can only actually experience truly embodied expansive pleasure to the degree that we're deeply rooted in our te- integrity mm-hmm. or otherwise pleasure just becomes avoidance or escapism. Mm. Um, and I would call spiritual pursuit a form of either pleasure or escapism, depending on totally how we're going about it. Um, totally. Because what are we trained in culture? We want to get there first. We want to get there the fastest. We want to be a part of the coolest group doing the thing. We want to look good in the process of our spiritual expansion and share it in a way that portrays us in a certain light that makes us desirable, Mm -hmm. either as a person or a teacher. Um, and it's very easy. And then we can apply this to sexuality, where, raise your hands, how many people has have gotten so caught up in the desire to attain this romantic interest that on the other side of this short-lived experience, you realize that you just re-traumatized yourself with an old pattern that you played out. <laughs> Six months ago, like ring a ding ding. You're like, um, damn, <laughs> that was quick. Here we go again.
0: <laughs> Shit, I did it again. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Um, you know, it's um. There's so much conditioning around like I need to make this happen because if I don't make this happen, it would never happen organically mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm not enough exactly as I am. Mm-hmm. Um. And this has been something that's really been very alive for me in my business um, Mm -hmm. over the past three or four months, because I've really allowed like an iteration of my business just fall away to allow Mm -hmm. one for a new one to emerge and what my Tantra practice is. And one of the reasons that I love my Tantra teacher, and it's also what I bring into my coaching work in the group containers that i hold is like like the willingness to draw in all of our tendrils that are constantly tracking everything that's going on outside of us and like making sure we're not getting behind um and being willing to pull our tendrils in and actually really immerse ourselves in our own void like that place within us that allows ourselves to unhook from the outside worlds and remember that we in ourselves, like I in myself am a universe mm. and that everything that I could possibly create or everyone I could possibly attract outside of me exists in here. Mm. and that when I'm constantly dispersing myself in the world trying to be seen trying to get trying to pursue I'm actually clouding and um diluting my magnet Mm. Mm -hmm. so there's something in here about The willingness to actually slow way fucking down Mm -hmm. and to actually, and this is a big one in in my gene keys is, um, to even like risk allowing ourselves to be invisible. Mm. If the alternative is trying to be seen from a
0: performative place. Yeah. Yep yeah yeah yeah. oh my gosh that's that just pops so many things because I I feel like one of the overarching transformations and and overarching themes of like my personal development and whatnot has been dropping the performance dropping the proving um And I, and I actually believe, so I, so I've had, um, two spiritual psychosis experiences. One was shortly before I met you in that, um, artist group that we were in together. Mm -hmm. So when, when we actually initially met, I was, I was deep in the depression healing slash integration part of my journey. So I had just gone through that like earlier that year and, um, and it was, oh my gosh, I, I had so much shame. I because I I was, you know, I was a singer of a band and I had this business and I was teaching these classes and I was very outwardly part of my community, and I'm I'm from a small town, and and I could not reconcile with myself of how can I be that? And also am I crazy? And also am I. Like what the fuck was that actually? And is anybody going to trust me? And is anybody going, am I just now the crazy lady, <laughs> you know? And um, I'm actually very thankful that I did the full process that when I, I, so I, I had my second spiritual psychosis experience was seven weeks after my son was born. And very similar themes, some different stuff, but, you know, it was a lightning bolt for sure. And, um, in that healing process, even though I was also dealing with my husband leaving me, my ex-husband leaving me, the father of my child leaving me, um, even though I was dealing with, I actually was mentally, like I went to a mental Institute in that for, in that experience. I didn't do that before. Um, there was like, a there's in a lot of ways, there's like way more harder core circumstances and mess that I was dealing with. I really didn't have that shame piece in the same way that I had it the first time around. And I'm like, thank God I was able to not re-injure myself that I had actually done the healing to get to a place of like, yeah, guess what? I'm a leader and a human, <laughs> and those aren't conflicting things. Leader doesn't mean perfect. Leader doesn't mean I've got all my shit together. Leader is leading, you know, and part of that is like sharing my process. And, you know, once once I got to a place or one thing that really popped up in my healing um, from that, because there is a, um, you know, postpartum psychosis is a thing. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. I was at high risk for it because I had experienced psychosis in, me, in my life before. And I'm like, and I remember, I remember searching a podcast. I'm like, postpartum psychosis. I found two episodes that existed in all of podcast land. And I'm like, what in the actual, no, like okay. I'm um, this is part of this is part of what I've been asked to do. I'm in a perfect situation. I'm in a perfect spot to be the one to share my story. I lived through it, and I've already worked through all this shame shit. and I will I will um say that I have, you know, I mean, I, what I was gonna say is I have like the privilege where I don't work for like I don't work for anybody that like my livelihood would be at risk and my livelihood is, is at risk because of how people misunderstand mental illness. And, but I've also been like, well, those aren't my people. So, and I, and I'm just in like abundance about it. So I'm not really that stressed out. (laughs) So I will say that, that I understand why people don't talk about it. And not only that, you know, the close people around them that don't understand what it is and have like shame on top of their shame and judgments on top of their own judgments. So I, I'm like, no, I want, I want to not only share and raise awareness of this thing that happens, but also be like, it's not the end because it sure felt like it for a long time, you know? So um, anyway, I don't even know how we got all up in this, but I, I, that, thank you so much for the reflection of like my willingness to be vulnerable. That was like a, a a very specific breakthrough that I had around what it meant to be a leader. And then noticing that the leaders in my life and the people that I'm, uh, that I look up to in certain ways, every time they shared vulnerably, every time they shared their humanity, it did something for me in the sense of, Oh Okay, I don't have to hide that part and still be a powerful leader and an effective leader. Like actually, the more of that that I bring, the more impact I can have in the way of like, yes, you can be powerful, you can be impactful, and you can be loved from all directions for all of you. You don't have to like hide these parts away. And I totally believe this is a part of the revolution. And part of like that expanding consciousness is we're getting out of performance and we're just craving realness all over the place.
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, what you're speaking to just around performative leadership and especially performative spiritual leadership because that's what we're yeah i know it's a whole thing Woo-hoo! it's a whole thing and um yeah i just i just completed running a 3 month i called it um an erotic integration mastermind and it specifically mm. was for women who are in positions of leadership around embodying and integrating their sexuality and the impact of having wounding or fragmentation in our sexuality around how we can show up authentically and vulnerably in our leadership. Mm. Right. And it's like, we look at, it's like, we look at leadership, like political leaders, for example, it's like, what is one of the main scandals that we see? It's like sexual scandals. It's, it's this, this way that we've come up with leaders are supposed to almost be asexual Mm -hmm. in a way and devoid of humanity because that's what makes someone a trustworthy leader. But then all of these distortions wind up playing out and this isn't excusing anyone for their actions, you know, but when we have this like compartmentalized box of who a person needs to be in order to lead, and a disowning of the self yeah needs to occur that's where distortion occurs i mean like would pedophilia exist if shame didn't exist mm. like would would i think i was i was talking to my housemate um she worked with this master healer and he was describing like where, like when he's worked with thousands of people, like where the core, like origin of schizophrenia occurs from these other like personality disorders. And the main thread is actually around like shame around gender and shame around sexuality, that Mm -hmm. there's something around this, which we could get into the conspiracy theory. We don't even need to really go down that hole, but it's like, (laughs) there's so much, there's so much, taboo and shame laden upon our sexuality which to me is so interwoven with our humanity and our vulnerability and yet it's our connection to our sexuality which brought us into this world like Mm -hmm. isn't it so interesting that there's so much Religious shame around sexuality, and yet it's through the portal of sexuality that God's source <laughs> spirit was able to incarnate us. Yeah, so if you're walking around and you're listening to this podcast, and not only are you riddled just with grief because you like struggle with your sexuality, but if you're also experiencing the other layer of shame about the fact that you have shame for your mm. sexuality liberate yourself because it's an intentional conditioned blueprint that is not you yeah and bringing compassion to yourself to ourselves is actually an act of sacred activism Mm -hmm. of choosing i'm not going to play in this into this blueprint of shame and hierarchy and consumerism I'm actually going to choose to remove that from the equation to the best of my ability and see what the world looks like if the majority of the population isn't walking around feeling like I need to be someone other than who I am Mm. in order to be worthy of love.
0: Mm. That's the shit right there. Yeah, the shame on the shame, the shame for having the shame. Can I have some shame jelly on my shame toast, please? <laughs> Sprinkle it with some shame cinnamon. Ugh, <laughs> make it hot. <laughs> Extra toasted. Oh, oh my God. goodness. Well, um, Ariel, I think we should give it a little rappity-doo-dah. Um, I, we didn't even get to the part that you're like a beautiful musician and singer and artist and all this stuff. Um, but if people, uh, at the end of this are obsessed with you in the way that I'm obsessed with you, how can they stay in touch, stay in the loop? Yeah. So, um, you can visit my
1: website, www.arielbrown.com. Um, the main ways to work with me now is one-on-one private coaching, um, in June, I'm going to be running another round of the, a leadership mastermind with a focus on sexual embodiment.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and I'm considering having that be open to men and women. I'm still feeling into what feels most aligned there. Um, I'm going to be running a masterclass on integrity in late March. Um, so for people who are wanting to, access more of their power and ability to actually believe they can change their circumstances. This class is going to be focused on how to really align with your core values so that you can actually trust yourself to move powerfully in your life towards what you desire. So that's a great way to connect with me oh, um, yeah. at a really, a really easy access point. Um, And just tune into my field. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram at I am Arielle Brown. Um, My website has a whole bunch of podcasts um, on there. So you can tune into that. And if you're feeling the call to connect with me, send me an email or a message and we can see if and what feels most aligned.
0: So beautiful. Thank you again for sharing your light and your voice, um, not just in this hour with me, but with the world. I see you and I'm inspired by you and just thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. This felt really rich and deep and grounded and flow um, and I'm grateful.
0: Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the calling it in podcast. If you like what you hear, do me a solid and share it out. Also make sure to subscribe so that you get the notifications for when the next one drops really appreciate you being here if there's anything you would like to talk about or share slide into my dms you can find me on instagram at shauna s-h-a-w-n-a underscore mox m-o-x and i'd love to hear from you